Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the river. This morning I want to preach to you from Matthew chapter 26 beginning in verse 36. If you turn with me in your Bibles to those passages of scriptures, I'm going to begin to uh, uh, share some of that here in just a moment. As, uh, as we begin this new year and as we get ready to start uh, a new season, uh, you know, it's always exciting to me at the first of the year. Everybody begins with new goals and new, new ideas and new hopes and dreams and all of those things. And as we begin to do that this year, also, as a church, it's important for us to really seek after the heart of God, try to discover what God might be saying to us in this new season, and to connect with that direction that He has for our church. You know, and last year, as we uh, really prayed through many events and different things that were happening around here, there was just constant undercurrent to me, uh, something that just kept popping up. Uh, for me that underscored everything that we did uh, and that was the scripture in Ephesians we sang about it this morning to begin our service and that is in Ephesians 3.20 it says now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us it seemed like I couldn't pray last year without that verse of scripture popping into my mind over and over and over again and I think that what God was really saying to us last year is that I am more than you could ever imagine that I am. You know that you have a God that you can't even begin to fathom and understand all that He's able and willing, let me emphasize that, able and willing to do in your life. He's a big God and He's a great God. And I think last year many of the things that we preached about, we prayed about, we talked about, just kind of were underscored by that overarching theme that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all that we could ever think or imagine according to the power that works inside of us. I don't think that's something we need to let go of, but I think it certainly sets the course for us in this new year. And as April and I have prayed about it and we have spent weeks uh, of late really talking about it, praying about it, thinking about it, I felt like seeing how last year God's emphasis for us was that He was more. I think that this year God's focus towards us is that we can be more. Because He is more, I can be more. John 14, 12 says it like this. He said, Jesus speaking, He says, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in Me, the works that I do, He will do also. And greater works than these He will do, because I go to My Father. God promises, Jesus promises Himself, as He's speaking to His disciples, as He's getting ready to face the cross ahead, He turns to his disciples and he says, Greater things will you be able to do because I'm going to my Father in heaven. He goes on to say in verse 13, he says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus tells us greater works we will do because he goes to the Father. And if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. Last week I asked you if you were closer to God at the end of 2012 than you were at the beginning of 2012. That was a challenge that was put forth to you. My heart for you as your pastor is to see every person in this congregation 
closer to the Lord at the end of the year than you are right now. We are about advancing toward Christ. We are about finding Him more in our lives. We are about seeking Him and really discovering who He is and what He desires to do in us. I want to see all of us closer to God, closer to each other, operating in the calling of God on our lives and experiencing the blessing of God that accompanies us willing to obey Him and be faithful with what He gives us to do. So this year I want to challenge you to be more. And that's going to be our focus this year as we advance forward that in everything we do, we want to be more. We want to be more in Christ. We want to be more in our relationships with one another. You know, really four areas come to mind when I think about that. I think about being more in our spiritual life. How many of you can grow closer to the Lord? Everybody in the house can grow closer to the Lord. So we can be more in our spiritual life. We can be more in our relationships. Do we have relationships that could be better? All of us do. And so we want to be more in those relationships. We want to be more in our individual calling and purpose. What is God asking me to do? What has God called me to do? And as the anointing of God increases in my life, the giftedness of God increases in my life, can I be more in my calling and purpose always? And last area is to be more in our community. We can't expect to impact our community and change the way the community and culture is without being more in it. We have to expand our influence and expand our reach as a body of believers. And so those four areas we're going to begin to focus on at the beginning of the year. I'm going to talk about those over the next several weeks. And we're going to ask everybody to endeavor to be more in Christ. It really all starts in the strength of our relationship with God. The strength of our relationship with God is directly tied to my exercise of the the spiritual disciplines and things that I need to be connected to His purpose, His goals, His plans for me, and everything that I want to experience as far as His blessings, all are tied to my connection to Him. And so as I begin this this morning with uh, with this sermon, I want to begin talking about being more in our prayer life, and certainly in the spiritual disciplines area. What are the spiritual disciplines? Bible study, devotion life, prayer life, personal worship, those kinds of things that draw us closer to the Lord. So let's look at our text this morning in Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 36. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and said to the disciples, Sit here a while, while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time. He went away and prayed, O my father, if this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Will you help me pray as I talk to you this morning about three things that Jesus teaches us about prayer. Father, we come to you today. We ask that your anointing would be upon this message. That God, you would open our hearts to receive what you have for us, God. 
Give us ears to understand what is being communicated, God, and give us a heart to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 26 and verse 36, toward the latter part of verse 36, it says, Sit here while I go and pray over there. Jesus talking to his disciples. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Jesus, no doubt, at this point in his life, he knows the cross is clearly coming to to view. He sees, without a doubt, what is about to take place in his life. And he is feeling this unbearable, overwhelming weight of carrying the burden of sin and the burden of humanity upon his shoulders. And he's gone to a place, a private place to pray. First of all, let's just take a little sidestep here and talk about that for just a minute because I think there's some powerful things there. For one, I think that when we find ourselves feeling the weight of problems and disappointment, discouragement, difficulties, we find ourselves being overwhelmed by life and the things that we're facing, what's a good thing for us to do? Probably get away from the situation long enough to get the right perspective from God and find a place to pray. Jesus modeled that before us in this very scripture. He would often go away from the crowds and the confusion to find a place of solitude where he could really connect with what God was saying to his life, and he found strength from that. So here Jesus, feeling this weight of what lies ahead of him, is no doubt finding a place to pray, seeking after some connection with the Lord so that he can hear what God's saying to him. Some of you this morning are probably can relate to the situation that Jesus is in. No, not that you're about to go to the cross, so to speak, or face the difficult situation that he faced, but many of you here are facing difficulties in your life. You're feeling the weight of unbearable weight, perhaps, of things that lie ahead for you. Jesus understood this one thing here. The first thing is that Jesus understood prayer minimizes your problems and magnifies your God. Prayer minimizes your problems and magnifies your God. Prayer gives us the proper perspective that we need. Do you know that you need an adjustment to your perspective from time to time? If you don't, ask your wife, husbands, if you need an adjustment to your perspective from time to time. And she will certainly tell you that from time to time, you ain't thinking right. We need an adjustment to the way we think sometimes. And sometimes we get so entrenched and surrounded by the things that are going on in our lives that we lose sight of what is important and what truly matters. Jesus understood that when he went to a place of prayer and he got alone with God, that there was something about that that minimized the problems that he was surrounded by and it began to magnify the God who could deal with the problems in his life. Jesus, although, yes, he is the Son of God, he still had to rely on God to get through the difficulty that lied ahead. He still drew from the strength of God in his life. He still drew from the will of God in his life. He still drew from the purpose of God in his life. Prayer minimizes the problems that we have. Many of us spend most of our time complaining about problems instead of praying about problems. Is it true? It's true. But when we put those uh, prayer at the forefront and begin to put those problems at the foot of God, It magnifies God as the source and the strength that we rely on to deal with whatever problem we face. Has anybody ever gone to a place where you have been so overwhelmed by a problem that you didn't know what to do with it 
And it just seemed like it was so huge and so big that there was no solution to that problem. And then later you go into a place of prayer and begin to really ask God to help you and suddenly a perspective change takes place and you begin to see the problem and it doesn't look near as big as it did before you started praying. That's what prayer can do. Jesus understood that. Jesus lived that. And so anytime he was feeling the weight of difficulty and the problems surrounding him, he would simply go find a place to pray and allow God to be magnified in his life and those problems to be minimized. We spend too much time focused on what's wrong in our lives instead of focusing on who is right in our lives. God is the answer to everything you have going on wrong in your life. He's the answer to everything going right in your life. He's the answer to every part of it. And so we have to look to him. It helps us adjust our sight to see the true realities we face. So many times in my own personal life, I have been just thinking I can't get done what needs to get done. There is no way I can do this and I'll stop, take some time to pray, ask God to help me, and then I come back and start looking at my problems again and they just look completely different. They look like, what was I making a big deal about this for? Not every problem is just going to be minimized to the point where it doesn't seem to be overwhelming to you. But I can promise you, as you elevate God in your life, and as you put Him on the proper throne of your heart, those problems always pale in comparison to who He is. And they will always be minimized when God is magnified. If the God we serve is able to take Jesus to the cross and through the cross then he's certainly able to deliver us and deal with us with whatever we face in this life. Jesus was able to face the cross because he knew God was bigger than the cross and God was bigger than the grave. And because God is bigger than those things for Christ, he's bigger than those things for you. And if he can take Christ through the cross and take Jesus through the grave and he can deal with all that, he can certainly deal with whatever you face in your life. If he is more than what we face and he dwells in us, then we too are more than what we face. If God is more than what you face, then because he lives inside of you, you too are more than what you face. You're bigger than your problem that you're dealing with. Not because of you, but because of the God that serves, that works in your life and the God you serve. Because he is in you, you are bigger than that. And so this, this is what I want to say to you. I want to say be more than your problems. Be more than your problems this morning. Do you know some people that they're never more than the problems they face? Every time you have a conversation with them, it's always about the biggest problem in their life. It's never about the God they serve. It's never about what God has done for them, but it's always about the problem that they're currently dealing with in their life. And so what I'm asking you in 2013 is to be more than your problems. Don't be so consumed by your problems that you fail to glorify your God and to put Him in His right place in your life. We can't be defined by all those things that happen to us. We have to set the tone for what we want to be and how we want to be in our own lives. That's personal responsibility. Somebody say amen. And you want your life to be better? You want your problems to be different? Then you focus on the one that can change all that and he will begin to change those things in your life. Many people are afraid to give up the problems that they have 
because it defines who they are. When all the time we ought to be looking for definition through Christ. He's our creator. He's the one who made us and he has a will and plan for us. And he's the one that can determine who we really ought to be. Verse 39, it says, Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus understood the second thing here is that prayer minimizes your will and magnifies God's will. Although Jesus never faltered on his decision to go to the cross, and I want that clear, clearly understood this morning. He never wavered on his decision to go to the cross. It wasn't ever in debate whether or not he would go to the cross or not. He was bent and, and determined to do God's will uh, in his life. But however, Jesus no doubt struggled with it to some degree. I mean, we read this in the passage of Scripture. Jesus is saying, look, God, if there's any other way, I want to do that. If there's any other way for me to not go to the cross and go through all the torture and all the suffering that I'm going to face and still redeem humanity, sign me up for that. But if there's not, I'll do what you say. If I was writing this verse of Scripture, I would, it would read like this. This is the BPV version. If there is any other way for this to be accomplished, let's do it. But if not, I'll do what needs to be done. That's what Jesus was saying. God, if there's any other way, let's do that. But if there's not, I'll do what needs to be done. So how does that relate to us? I think it relates to us in this way. In high-pressure situations, the enemy floods our minds with options. Think about it. In high-pressure situations, the enemy always floods your mind with options. The higher the pressure, the more options are pressed into our thought life. What do I mean by that? Well, when I start feeling pressure, suddenly I begin to give myself a pass on things that I wouldn't have given myself a pass on before. When I feel the pressure of relationships, I give in to things that I normally would not give in to had the pressure not been there. The enemy is a master at giving you a lot of options in your life. And he's always going to say, well, wouldn't it be better if we did this? Wouldn't it be better if you did this? It would be a lot easier if you would just take this course of action. It would be a lot more simple if you dealt with it this way instead of doing it God's way. And the higher the pressure, the more options we seem to entertain. Without a consistent prayer life and a connection with God being established and maintained in our lives, the more likely we are to give in to the enemy's options. Jesus had options. Jesus had, he did not have to go to the cross. He did not have to go to the cross. And I think if you've seen the Passion of the Christ, I think they, the portrayal of the garden is a beautiful picture of what actually probably took place. Here Jesus is, he's praying He's seeking after God and then the enemy shows up and begins to say to him, do you really think you need to do this? Isn't there a better way for this to be accomplished? And he begins to put options out there. But because Jesus had a consistent prayer life and he understood that his connection with the Father was of utmost importance, he never entertained any of those options. He simply listened to the will of God. Too many of us put our will before God's will, and therefore we are willing to entertain the options of the enemy rather than simply adhere to the will of God for our lives. Pastor, I don't even know what the will of God is for my life. I understand that. Because I think that that's something that all of us are on a quest to discover. 
But I'm telling you the best way to discover that is find yourself in a prayer closet where you're seeking after God and let God begin to speak to you. He will talk to you. He will help you understand why you're here and what you are meant for. And He helps you to minimize that will that you have that always rises up and wants its own way and to put Him first and foremost in your life. Jesus knew that in His power... He could not have done it on his own. He had to rely on the will and plan of God to overcome the things that lied ahead for him. In the garden, when Jesus is getting ready to face the cross, I have no doubts that he was fighting a great battle, but the reason he was able to overcome the battle he was fighting, and it really wasn't what we would call a battle. What we call a battle is when we are just really torn between two options. Jesus was never really in that place, but he still fought a battle. And he was able to overcome that battle because he already was connected to the Father. He says over and over throughout Scripture, if you read it in John, I and the Father are one. He was in touch with what God wanted to do in his life and he was willing and able to overcome the options of the enemy because of it. What am I saying to you in this is this. Be more than just your will. Be more than just your will. So many people... When you have a conversation with them, the only thing you ever talk about is them. You know what I'm you know those people? That when you're talking to them, you're asking how things are going, they they only let you ask about how things are going in, in their life. They never ask you how things are going in your life. They only talk about what's happening in their world. And anytime this, the conversation shifts to something else, they have an uncanny ability to bring it right back to themselves. Some of you, some of you are feeling, uh, starting to twitch in your chair. Maybe I'm talking to you a little bit. What I'm saying to you is be more than just your will. The only way to do that is, is through prayer. God, not my will be done, but yours be done. What do you want for my life? I'm willing to do that. And so if we're going to be willing to do that, we have to get connected with God and spend time in prayer for that to happen. Verse 45, as I get ready to close it down. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping? Are you resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. What kind of strength does it take for Christ to rise up in that moment, accept God's will for his life, and face the cross? Unbelievable strength. Uncanny strength. The truth is, in Luke, if we read... Luke's account of this instance, it says that Jesus was so grieved and so stressed and so burdened by what he was facing that he he cried drops of blood. What pressure is there on a man that it forces you to cry drops of blood? Jesus was no doubt feeling such tremendous pressure that we cannot even understand, yet he rises up in that moment And he says, let us be going. It's time for me to do this. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hand of those who are coming. Jesus understood this. The last thing, that prayer minimizes your weaknesses and magnifies God's strength. Jesus knew that in his power he could not have faced the cross. But he also knew that through the power of God at work in him, it is possible. 
Every person in this building has weaknesses, areas that they fail in, and areas that you are prone to fail in. We can list them all day long on a piece of paper of areas that I'm weak in, areas that I make mistakes in, areas that I'm just susceptible to just messing up. We need God's strength to minimize the weaknesses in our life and magnify His strengths in our life. He will fill the holes in our life. He will fill those weak spots and strengthen them and make them better if we'll allow Him to do that. It happens through prayer. By ourselves, we are not able to overcome our failures and weaknesses. You can try all day. You can get on any kind of plan, any kind of program, any kind of method, any kind of accountability. It doesn't matter what you do. You can do those things. Those help. But listen to me. You won't overcome them without God's help because He makes up the difference in your life. There's just some inadequacies that all of us have. That's a fact. There's just some areas that we're weak in and it doesn't matter what we do. We're going to be weak in those areas unless God comes in and begins to be the strength in that weak spot in our lives. We need Him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says it like this. It says, My strength is made perfect in weaknesses. And so lastly, let me say to you, be more than your weaknesses. Be more than your weaknesses. Well, that's just who I am, Pastor. I'm just this way. Is that really what God's best for your life is? That you're just that way? Well, I'm just a cranky old person. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a nag. I'm just a gripper. I'm just a gossiper. I'm just all these things. I'm just a failure in this area. I'm just all of these weak spots. That's who I am. No, it is not. God died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross so that you could be more than what you currently are. And so don't you dare sit there and give yourself a pass to just be mundane and status quo and not move toward the greatness that God has given you through Christ Jesus. He's called you to more than that. Be more than your weaknesses. Well, I'm just a this, I'm just that, I'm just the other. You can put it in the blank yourself. The truth is, you're more than that. Because Jesus died on the cross and redeemed you so you could be more. Don't let your weaknesses be your crutch. Don't let your weaknesses be your crutch. (coughs) Excuse me. Too many people settle for what they currently are and never strive to be more than that. God's called you to more. God's called you to be more. And I believe this year ought to be a year that we strive to be more in God. So I'm asking you all, this, this, as we begin this new year, to make prayer, to make devotions, to make Bible study a, a heavy part of your life. To make it an important part of your life. To make it a priority in your life. Without those things, you're always going to be struggling. Without those things, you're always going to have problems that seem overwhelming. Without those things, you're always going to have weaknesses that dominate what you do. Without those things... You're going to have options that normally you wouldn't give in to that are, certainly, uh, are suddenly becoming possibilities for you and you're giving in to those things. But with a consistent prayer life, consistent devotion life, spending time in God's Word, spending time in worship to Him, it puts you in the, a place with God, positions you with God so that you have a direct line to Him and He helps you to overcome those things that you face. As we stand across this place this morning, they begin to play. Uh, Jennifer, if you'll come play from the keyboard this morning.
Three things that I talked about this morning. Prayer minimizes your problems and magnifies your God. It minimizes your will and magnifies God's will. It minimizes your weakness and magnifies God's strength. So be more. Be more than your problems. Be more than than just your will and be more than your weaknesses. The key to all that is your connection with the source and the power and strength that you get from God. With every head bowed and every eye closed across this place, this is what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. I'm going to ask you to just make a commitment that this year, you will start this year off right. Many of you are faithful and have been faithful for years to pray, spend time in God's Word, spend time in devotions, and really grow in God's power. It's evident. But this year, we're going to be more in those areas. And so even if you've been faithful in those areas, you can be more in that area. Let God speak to you more. Let God speak to you in a fresh way, in a different way. Let God begin to compel you to come a little further with Him. For those of you who have never done it, I've never spent time praying. I've never spent time in God's Word. Take some steps toward that this year. See and test and see if it doesn't make a difference in your life. I promise you if you do it with consistency and you truly go after the Lord in that, you will see a change in your life. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burt Burnett, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. Say come to the river.